I'd like to say hello to everybody. I'm Walter J. Jones, Sr. I put in 20 plus years Army, retired Army, and put in roughly 22 in the classroom, retired from the teaching profession, and you are listening at Rebuke. My name is Tristan Hackney, and I'm an educator, and I do this in real life. You are listening to Rebuke. This is Thomas Gordon, 20 plus year educator, giving these kids what they need. And you're listening to Rebuke. This is Marcus, the realest man in Huntsville, and you're now listening to Rebuke. This is now the 22nd episode, and we have a good topic to discuss. This show is brought to you by Lynette Davis from Florida. I'd like to thank Lynette for your monthly contribution to the podcast. You you, too, uh, you can, too, uh, provide a monthly subscription, uh, uh, monetary subscription by going to Anchor and selecting the, the donation tab. Also, I have T-shirts now for the podcast, so if you like to purchase one, please inbox me your address on Rebuke, uh, on Rebuke uh, Facebook group page, and submit thirty dollars to dollar sign R E B U K E E zero six on Cash App. That is dollar sign R E B U K E E zero six on Cash App. It's not only important. I'm going to talk about a. a, a, a a very important topic to me. So I'm going to start it off like this. It's not only important that a teacher looks like and reflects the demographic of the students they're teaching. It's because of the experience, not it's the experience and background that these teachers that have the same demographics can bring to the table. Their ability to relate and identify with a child is very critical. Now I'm an army brat and uh, we tra- I travel uh various uh locations uh overseas and for hood and hunt and later on my final destination was in uh rest on arsenal and i attended predominantly white in, uh, uh high schools and then middle schools and, you know we had we had some minorities but that we it was it wasn't that many but the first time i had a black instructor is when I was a freshman in college and his name was Dr. Brown. That's the first time I had a black instructor. Um, so I want to talk about something that is, I feel that is very important in the black community and that we need uh, more, we need more of this in the black community and in the system. And the title of this show is, I don't see you black men missing in the classroom. So I want to thank, uh, I want to thank Larry from Atlanta, Tristan in Detroit, and our first sergeant, uh, Walter Jones, senior from uh, Madison, Alabama. He used to teach, but he's retired, so he he can give you. We, we got various uh, 
various experience levels here. We probably got over, shoot, over 50 years of ex teaching experience on this panel. So, uh, so we should, this should make a good show. So I'm going to start with, um, I'm going to start with my brother. Once again, first of all, uh, brothers, welcome to the show. Thanks for Thank having me, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. So I'm going to start with um, my brother from Detroit, Tristan. Um, of all the occupation, what made you want to become a teacher? Well, um, I kind of stumbled into the teaching role because initially I was an IT engineer at GM. But then they had layoffs and everything. Kind of education was uh, it was a field that they have some openings in. Um, so for me to actually, well, little backstory, I've always taught dance and various workshops and everything for like different places and what have you. But for me to be in an official actual classroom within schools, um, that happened kind of by chance. Like I said, I got laid off from GM. Education was the first thing that they had available. So I started out as an academic interventionist. And then I left that role and ended up going into um, being the computer teacher. So for me, it was actually pretty cool because it was really, I got a chance to take what I learned from my other experiences with doing different workshops and different uh, courses or what have you with other people kind of bringing um, that experience into the classroom. Okay, great. Larry, you said you had, uh, is it Larry or Thomas? I'm saying it's Thomas, correct? Thomas, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Thomas, um, you said you had over 20 years of experience. So, but what led you uh, down this path to want to teach in the classroom? Um, it's interesting. My, mine is a little bit more, I, I would say, divine. Um, I graduated with an economics degree from Emory University and um, worked with State Farm, had an intern with them. While I was in school, came out, got a job with them, making pretty good money. And just that corporate America feel just didn't sit on my spirit well. And um, throughout college, I had done some mentoring with the Boys and Girls Club and done some other things through my fraternity. So I'd always worked with kids, tutoring and mentoring and things of that nature. I've um, been very active in the NAACP as well. So just kind of in I dealing with our community had kind of already been in me and corporate America didn't work. And I started praying about it. And for about four or five nights straight, I dreamed I was teaching. Um, my mother taught graphic art to Drake state technical college in Huntsville. Um, so I, you know, somewhat familiar with the education field. And after about three or four nights of having that dream, I, I just kind of woke up like, okay, if, if this ain't a sign, what is? I called my mom, said, you know, I'm going to come back home, get my master's in math ed. It was always good with numbers. Um, I'm going to coach and I'm going to do education. And that's what I ended up doing. And it's been a um, one of the best decisions I think I could have made for my sense of purpose, um, especially giving back to my community. But yeah, God, I'll say God told me. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you, uh, Thomas. Uh, last but not least, First Sergeant uh, Walter Jones, um, by me introducing you that way, everybody should know you was a soldier. So why does a soldier want to go going into the teaching field after he retired? Uh, that's a great, great question. And uh, Thomas, I think, hit the nail on the head. 
after retiring from the military, uh, started working on Redstone Arsenal. Uh, I had to find myself. Uh, that although it was paying what much more money, but it wasn't me. Teaching and dealing with kids uh, is a very special profession. I look upon it as a calling. Uh, one have to be called in order to deal with our youth of today. Uh, again, you know this, the, the whole story. Uh, I went out to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I seen a young man, African-American, pulling a young African-American female across the, the hall by the hills. And I knew then that I had to step in. The principal looked at me. You're not going to accept this job. I told him I'll get back with him, which I came back, uh, had counsel with my family. They supported me. I took that job, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I was the first one there to open that school in the morning and the last one to close it in the afternoon. As all is aware, teacher, you're not gonna get rich in that profession, okay? You're not gonna get rich in that profession. You, it had to be from the heart. Uh, dealing with our youth today, instilling discipline, morale, and uplifting. So that led me to the classroom, which someone told me years ago when I was supervisor in the army you have a knack with kids and so that led me into the classroom because i wanted to give back to our young youth of today uh i started a little late but better yet you know one can start late and still make an impact on our youth so that's where uh, and i wouldn't I do it all over again. I do it all over again, uh, especially to see the youth of today uh, to call me and thank me for the impact that I had on their lives. So it is very rewarding. That is the reward because, you, again, you're not going to get it out of the pay system. You get your reward when that young man, a young lady, walk across the stage, get that high school diploma, Going off to college, uh, trade school. By the way, J.F. Drake was my first uh, technical was my first school, uh, and be successful in life. I had one young man call me yesterday afternoon. I received my LPN. Great, I knew you could do it. So that is what it's all about: giving back to uh, our youth, so they can go out and contribute to society. Uh, thank you, uh, First Sergeant Jones, for your response. And we're gonna move on. Uh, I got some. I got. I got a snippet that I want to read. Research shows that for min minority children, having at least one teacher that looks like them is a key to success. Says Roy Jones, a professor at Clemson University College of Education. He cites a John Hopkins University studies that find 
low-income black students with at least one black teacher in the elementary school are significantly more likely to graduate high school and consider con attending college. African-Americans, black, or whatever terminology you would like to use to describe yourself, men only make 2% of the teachers in the classroom in the United States. Why do you think the numbers are so low? Is it money, popularity, poor, poor parenting? I'm going to start with Thomas. Okay. Um, I honestly think that answer is a, a gambit of, of a few things. You know, as, as black men, you know, we're taught at a young age to, you know, you got to support your family. And, and a lot of times our manhood has been defined based off our ability pro to provide. Um, and to be honest, just the field of education is not very lucrative. Um, it's not very well respected. And so as black men, those are two main driving focuses that a lot of times we've gotten our somewhat sense of purpose from being able to provide and be respected within our family, within our community. And so it just hadn't been one of those fields that unless you are in innate nurturer and you know, for the community type mentality, it's just nothing truly appealing about it. Um, you're dealing with other people's kids all day. You're dealing with other people's kids' discipline issues and, and all of these different things. And again, it's it's not the most lucrative or attractive thing, you know, from our culture-wise for a man to be. It hadn't been. Um, what I have seen, though, is somewhat of a paradigm shift because a lot of people in our culture are becoming a lot more aware and conscious of how education is key and a male having certain levels of structures for students. It's becoming a little bit more appreciated now. But when I started in 98, you know, it just, again, you know, you, it just wasn't the thing for black males to do. Mm. Um, unless you're a coach of some sort, you know, and then you did it because you needed to be in the school in order to keep up with your kids and, and move your programs. You know, it had another somewhat, um, there, there, there was another reason for it outside of just your innate, I want to come into this school and, and, and give knowledge and help structure lives and things of that nature. It was more about the athletics for a lot of them. Okay. First Sergeant Walter Jones, same question. Why do you think black men stray away from being teachers? I would say give, I'm going to give the first top two here that I think the reason, one being the pay. Mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, you have long hours. I work normally 12 hours a day. Not only during the school hours, but after school, you have training. You're coaching, uh, you're a parent, uh, you're counseling, but yet you're gonna get the same pay, you're not gonna get in overtime. And I would say that a lot of our African-American men, you know, especially our youth today, you know, they, they use a lot of language and a lot of things that our African-American uh, males are not going to tolerate in the classroom. I recommended to one of my friends years ago, and 
he didn't last a good three months <laughs> in the school system. Well, Jones, uh, this kid cussed me out in classroom, called me this, that. I had to go. I had to go. Uh, so I would say it's the money, uh, discipline. Uh, it's a key process also because uh, some kids, you know, are, are just going to be a little, little, little thorn in your sides. They're going to push you uh, to the limits. But that same kid in turn, I would say if you work with those kids, uh, uh, you will see another side of them. You'll see another side of them. I have some kids now that out in life I'm very proud of. Uh, I mean, they were, were living terrorists, but yet they are very successful in life. Very successful. They want to see just how much you care. Yeah. They will push you to the limit. Yeah. And I will say you cannot fool a kid. No. They know they know who's a phony. Yeah. Who's a phony. Yeah. They, you. they pledge you. They really pledge you. Yeah, they can see clean through you. I was telling a story about when I first went in the classroom, Chattanooga yesterday, I don't know who it was to, that 99.99% uh, African-American. Sound like Briner, a Tyner. Bingo. I taught at Brainerd. <laughs> I, I, I taught at Brainerd as well. I went to Macaulay. <laughs> oh, Macaulay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you know where I'm coming from. Right, right. All right. I taught there at Brainerd three and a half years. And when I went into the uh, there, I formed a drill team. I took them out on their very first drill competition. Took them out there on the drill pad. They stood at attention like I never seen before. They did not move. And when I had to get out of the stands, go down on the floor, and when I looked up in the stadium, I said to myself, oh, no. Oh, no. I got them out of that comfort zone. Yeah. All they seen was white. They were scared to death. I took them to Ryan's. And the first thing out of their mouth, we don't have any money to eat here. And I asked, I told them, who asked you about money? Yeah. Go through the line. Yeah. And I took out my debit card and I paid for all the meals. I went around the city and solicit different car companies, different jobs to give them a job. And one stood up in the classroom one day and called me out. He's lying. No one is going to hire us. That kid went down to prove a point. And when he went down and asked his company for a job, the company looked at him, when can you start? Can you start today? He was shocked. He was shocked. You have to be real with them. You have to be firm with them. And you have to be honest and fair with them. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see, Christian, you got a quick reason why um, black men stray away from the from the profession? Oh, uh, well, to piggyback off to uh, my two brothers, uh, the money. It's mm -hmm. not a, it's not a get rich profession. And I think that that uh, discourages quite a few uh, 
brothers to actually want to go into the education the education realm okay all right i'm gonna move to the next question um thomas you said you went to a predominantly black school but i don't know if you taught at a predominantly black school but uh the next question is going is going to i'm gonna see um okay. i'm gonna start with tristan first um you taught you told me you taught at a predominantly black school and a predominantly uh caucasian uh school based on your experience where are the black male teachers needed more and which body of students showed you the most respect and i mean most body i mean the, the predominantly black uh, uh high school or elementary school or the predominantly white high school taught you uh showed you the most respect go ahead uh, all right so all right i think the story kind of got mixed up a little bit lost the translation what happened is I work at a predominantly black school mm. with predominantly white staff. Oh, okay. So I'm the only black male teacher at my school currently. Mm. So um, at the previous schools that I have worked at in regards to um, our young brothers and sisters, uh, they gave me a lot of respect. I um, And as Brother Jones said, they will test you. Just to uh, just to see what you're made of and see see your chops or what have you, but once you actually let them know, like, hey, you know, I was a kid too once, and I'm from the same place that you're from, then they kind of look at you just a little bit differently. Um, and when you said the the field, now now what did you mean by the the particular field? Did you mean like the particular class that we're most needed in? I'm talking about the school, uh, predominantly black school high schools or predominantly white high schools. When he says field, I think he means the culture of the school, like the culture of the building. I think we're needed in both. I think we're needed in both. Number one, for the black students, because we have to let them know, hey, I'm one of you and I'm trying to tell you everything that I know, because if I can make it, if I can make it out the hood, I can show you exactly how to do the same thing. And I think that we're needed in the white schools because a lot of them aren't necessarily educated on our culture. Mm. And at some point, they're going to have to essentially learn how to deal with black people. Because I think that's one thing that may be missing from certain aspects of things because they don't understand black people's culture. So that brings about ignorance, which brings about quite a few other things that may come about throughout the future. So I think we, we're definitely needed in both fields, both arenas. That, uh, well, I don't know why I call it. Uh, I, I let the cat out the bag. I got one of my guests, first sergeant Walter Jones is my dad. So <laughs> I was trying try to be professional, but <laughs> let it out the bag. But uh first sergeant Walter Jones, you taught at both schools, uh predominantly black high school and predominantly white high school. Based on your experience and your your impact, where were you needed more? Well, I would say the predominantly black school, right? Mm. Uh, after leaving there, I was summoned back there. And they had a school assembly for me. Uh, all of the kids crying, you left us. Uh, and it was, you know, driving from Madison, Alabama to Chattanooga, daily took a toll on me 
But after going there, the first day seeing that young man drag that young lady across the hall, three and a half years, uh, I think I made a real impact on that school. If not, they wouldn't have brought me back for assembly uh, just to to thank me. Uh, but that time zone, the Eastern versus Central, <laughs> it wore me out over three and a half years driving back and forth. Uh, going into the school system that I retired, uh, predominantly white, I received the same respect, uh, the same amount of respect. So again, once you win a kid over, a, a kid is a kid. Once you win them over and get their respect, they're no different. But I, I would say the greatest need was for me to be there at Brainerd to uh, work with those kids. And I, I, I regret that I was tired out, but I had to I had to go because of that that reason. I just burnt myself out and burnt my car out. <laughs> uh, Thomas. I don't know what I don't know what institution you teach at, but okay. I'm quite sure you've got experience in both arenas. But so I do. so, I so do. It, based on your experience, where you needed more. Um first I wanna say when I mentioned my school, the school that I mentioned, it was actually a predominantly white school. So I went to a predominantly white high school, went to a predominantly white college. Um I did my master's, you know, HBCU, but I have taught at a rural, predominantly white school, um, low income, a rural, white, predominantly school, high income. And then I ran a charter school in the middle of Red Hook, Brooklyn, which ain't nothing but us. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I, I have done the gambit of it. Um, I think we are really needed in both places, honestly, equally, equally. Like we're needed in those in those predominantly white communities. One, um, as I, Tristan stated, to kind of help them understand our culture. But for the few blacks that are in those places, giving them a a a way to learn how to be themselves and have a voice and still be able to understand how to deal with some of the racial things they're going to deal with because inevitably in those type of circumstances they're going to run across levels of racism and, and discrimination and just you know because whether it's ignorance or malice it happens when it's in predominantly white places i i, I experienced it as a teacher as a coach in, in in one of the places so i know the students got some of it so in those in those areas, it helps black students be able to have somebody that they can talk to and understand what they're dealing with and understand their culture and help them navigate at an earlier age how to navigate. This is what the real world looks like. And you can't always cuss them out. And, you know, there are ways to say stuff without saying stuff. You, you, you got to learn how to hold your own, but understand where you are at the same time. But in the black communities, it's more about providing a guidance for our young black men and even the girls, but then giving them something to see outside of the athlete 
the the drug dealer, the the rapper. It like it like I, I wear I wear suits to school every day. Like I, I wear suits and I, I I pride myself on my look, my bow ties and my suspenders and my sock. Like I do all of that. And and I have kids like why you do that? Like why you wear all that? For one, I'm at work and I take my job serious. I take you serious. And so I'm gonna come in here giving you my A game. Like you get the A game. And then at the same time, you need to understand that there are jobs out here for black men or there are black men out here. This is how we dress every day. You know, we're not rap. Everybody ain't a rapper. Everybody ain't walking around in tennis shoes and, 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 and sweats and whatever. Like it, it gives them something to see outside of their norm, which is not always the most positive image of a black man. And so if we're really talking about helping the black community, yeah, yeah, we need to be in the black school school. If we're really talking about helping the world have an understanding and, and be able to get levels of, of understanding of our culture and how we can move forward. Yeah, we're we really need it in the white schools. You know what I mean? So the purpose I think is 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 strong in both. Um, it just depends on in that moment what what we're trying what you're trying to accomplish or what you want to see come out of. Okay, cool. You you mentioned you was in the fraternity. I heard bow tie. You a kappa? I am. <laughs> oh, I'll mute you, I'll mute you for the whole show, but I'm just. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it's all uh, land around here. This yeah. land around here, hey, man. Hey, with that. And just helping them understand, you know, Greek life, and like it's 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 invaluable. You know, I I've had some cats that I mentored that now about the pledge, trying to think about pledging sigma. To be honest with you, you know what I mean. So we tell them whatever it is, it's about black pride and black community and unity and brotherhood, and you know, it it it, it just kind of helps foster a certain level of, of community for our young brothers coming up, just trying to find a way. Um, not having had that growing up. Um, I, I have a young son that doesn't live in my state. And let me, I'm just, I, my point for this in a second. And so I go get him every other weekend. So my students understand every other Friday, last block, like I might leave a couple of minutes early. I'm going to get my boy. And every year that that happens, I, did, I, I hear about two months in and they see how consistent I am. The boys, dang, I wish my daddy would do that. Well, at least you know your daddy. Man, my daddy live around the corner, won't even speak to me. Like, I get these stories every year, you know, of, of these boys longing for male mentorship and male guidance that they just don't get. And it's it's, it's sad. And so, you know, our community, it, it, it's needed to give them just a different focus on what they're doing and, and how to move as young black men. Gotcha. For the sake of time, I'm going to skip a question, but I'm going to go to the next question. Uh, have you experienced any special treatment or received any dis disrespect from your counterparts due to you being a black man in the teacher profession? And I want to start with Tristan because he said um, he's the only brother on, brother on the staff. Mm. So... Um, <laughs> So let's start. Yeah. With you. Uh, have you received any special treatment? Have they? Oh, we got we got a black man. We 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 got to treat him special. Or 
oh man, he just a he just a Negro man. We ain't, ain't messing with this 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 guy. Well, if I have to be honest about it, um, I got the most disrespect from being in my black school with my black staff. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> because here's the thing: um, by me being the only or one of the black male teachers at that school, and it being mostly ran by women, um, and the authority figures and the admin were all women, they kind of looked at me as, oh, well, you're my gopher, basically. And pretty much it would be, oh, go do this or go do that. But I'm like, you have somebody to do that already. I'm, I'm teaching my class. Oh, well, I want you to go do it. So there was a lot of disrespect, even to the point where um, I wasn't even doing my job description, which I don't mind helping out, you know, with with different projects or what have you. But if I'm an academic interventionist, they got me substituting classes. They got me going in this arena, doing that, doing this. And it was kind of like I was voluntold because I was the only black male. So they pretty much took advantage of that fact. And I was low on the total pole because I didn't have my teaching certification at the moment. So pretty much they had me doing every witcher thing. And then on top of that, towards the end when I actually had to have my evaluation they had the nerve to tell me that I was less than satisfactory because because I didn't do my job <laughs> wait a minute so you you got me doing everything else except my job but then you tell me I'm I'm not doing my job that's why I have a low evaluation but I've done everything that you asked me to do so yeah I've actually done I've actually been done worse by uh my black kind of parts than my white ones. Wow, that's eye opening, man. That that is eye opening. Uh, uh, first, Sergeant Walter Jones. Uh, what about you? You want me to repeat the question, sir? Uh, no, no. Go ahead. I, I would have to answer no to to that question. Both uh, predominantly black school. I was received with the highest respect. From the staff, as a matter of fact, uh, they put me in somewhat of a administrator role there at Brainerd, uh, monitoring the halls, keeping kids in the classroom, the uh, cafeteria. So I received a lot of respect, not only from uh, the predominantly black school, uh, going over to the predominantly white school, I received the same treatment. Uh, it's all good. Uh, so those two schools that I did teach at, I uh, didn't have no bias against me uh, because of my my skin color or my nationality. Okay, great, Thomas. Yeah, um, I, I can kind of understand where Tristan is coming from. I, I you know, it's it's one of those situations with us. A lot of times, the schools that we are in. Um, as black men, because they're not a lot of us, we are kind of the discipline go-tos. We're the structure go-tos, you know, regardless of we are prominent in those particular communities as black men, we are seen to, you know, be kind of the, 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 the catalyst of the, the discipline and the structure and the organization a lot of times when it comes to kind of the hands-on with the kids so i can see where he got that from um but i have actually witnessed a little bit of both in both situations um at, at, the, at the predominantly white schools I, I got a little bit because you know 
the black kids did kind of gravitate towards me and 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 you know I, I I was the one hearing all the the things that were happening to them and you know kind of helping them navigate through how to to be treated fairly and and, and dealt with correctly so you know I got it from that end and so then you, got, I had, you got you got respect from that end yeah I did I okay. did I did a lot of teachers respected that you know because they couldn't they couldn't necessarily help the students get past those particular things but the way I helped them do it it wasn't done in a way where it was egregious and malicious and I think the level of um, politics I was help was able to help the kids play you know they, they respected that because it could have went a different direction you know um, and so um, understanding that I understood what was going on I, I got levels of respect for that um, I found out though some in, in our black communities it's, it's too much ego involved in us helping the kids and there have been situations where I've been undercut and, and, and not treated quite right because I knew too much of what I was talking about. And Amen, as a black brother. man, you know, as a black man, we are there for coaching, discipline, you know, all that type of stuff. But I get in here and get to talk on this curriculum and I ask you some questions that you really can't answer, but you ought to be able to answer. But if you can't, okay, let's, let's you know, let's figure it out. Then, you know, I'm, I'm kind of shunned a little bit by my people and they take those type of things personal when all I'm trying to do is help the kids. You know, there have been times I've been sitting in meetings and ask questions and it gets to the point like I, I stop asking questions. I sit in the corner just kind of because on the leadership team, you know, you're all supposed to have a voice, so to speak. But you end up asking some really tough questions and some stuff that really needs some answers in the in the black schools. If you got a principal that's really about the kids, they appreciate that. Mm. But I hate to say more than not, you get one. They might care about the kids, but they care about their ego a little more. You, hey, it's it. It's it. Like, I'm in the room, but I ain't in the room. You know what I mean? So um, I think that kind of is very discouraging coming from black men. Because if we're in those positions, all we're trying to do is really help. And then you have other powers that be that just ego, too much ego. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that's that's interesting. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna read something because I, I looked did some research and I found out about this program. Mister stands for mentors instructing students towards effective role models. Uh, it was created at Clemson University. It's a college program offered through 24 South Carolina universities that recruit minority men to major in education. It provides scholarship, scholarships, extensive academic counseling, and summer teaching internships. First Sergeant Jones, do you think that the U.S. need to make this program a nationwide program so we can acquire more black male teachers in the classroom? And what other things that could be done to obtain more black men in the teacher profession? Go ahead, First Sergeant Walter Jones. That is that is great. Yes, I, I do believe that the United States need to take that approach, uh, putting more uh, males, especially African-American males, in the classroom. The Army took that up on a different level. It is called Troops to Teachers. And all they start paying retired soldiers 
to go back into the classroom because our youth really needs it. They need it. So we have a thing called troops to teachers. Mm. And so therefore the United States need to piggyback off the army, our armed forces, because it's all army, air force, Navy and Marines. So therefore, yes, that is great if the United States do that to uh, get our, especially our African-American uh, males in the classroom. All right. I'm going to go to Thomas. Um, yes, I, I do think that's a, a strong program. I think especially now um, with it being a different level of consciousness for how we move within our community. Um I think that's something that that can kind of help persuade those who, you know, have seen or understand that the the kind of the grit and reality of what we do. Um, I think another thing that can be done to just help across the board and every teacher says it, regardless of color, you got to pay us right. You got to give us what we what we deserve. Um, regardless of, you know, you get your summers off and all of those type of things. Like we're with people's kids more time, more, more during the day than they are. That's right. And so a level of pay equity for our profession <laughs> will make the profession a bit more respected, which would make more black men get into it. Again, like I stated earlier, you know, as black men, respect means a lot to us. It, 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 it's at the, the, the pinnacle of how we move and kind of helps what defines us. And you want us more in, in a field, that field needs to be more respected within the community and with society. And, and that comes from paying people they work. I promise you, if you pay teachers more money, you would have a whole lot more black males because they want to do it. But I can't do it if I can't feed my family or, you know, I'm young and I want to do it. Then I'm I'm out here and I'm it, like it just it, it it doesn't fit. It it juxtaposes what we or what culture considers what we as black men need to do and be. It doesn't align very well. And so, money that that's that's the other key. Okay, last but least, uh, Tristan. You know, the United States have a unique way to recruit black men when it comes to football and basketball and they got recruiters going all across the country looking at your game film and all that so mm-hmm. do you think this um, mr program will be will be a great asset and it should and it should be implemented nationwide absolutely i do um because i'm i'm speaking from experience because i'm i'm the youngest person on here and i'm still fresh into teaching and I'm acquiring my teaching certification, but I had to jump through so many hoops to even try to find a program that I could even afford to do because there wasn't any scholarships available for me. And then I was supposed to get um, a discount from my school, but seeing as I came in on a teaching permit, they wouldn't allow me. They wouldn't allow me to actually um, get the discount. So it's like, okay, you want me to teach here, but you want me to pay $20,000 or loan debt, but then you're going to pay me a, a smidgen bit more than what I'm already getting paid and I already have a master's degree. But now I'm getting further in debt. So now the little money that I do get from teaching is going to have to go back into me paying my student loans back. So now we're just in a big infinite circle of me being in debt. So if that program was implemented, that will actually help 
brothers like me who actually legitimately want to teach and actually want to help the young brothers and sisters out to actually give that brother a chance to actually do something positive. Great, great, great. Um, Thomas. Yes. What makes a black man uh, a great teacher? And believe it or not, believe it or not, it has nothing to do with the content of, of the discipline that they're teaching. The ability to connect with every student in a building, whether they're white, black, brown, male, female, I think we have the capacity to do that. Um, people gravitate towards us in buildings. Um, people tend to have a lot of respect and, and, and reverence for who we are as, as individuals if we show ourselves to be true and authentic to them. The whites want to understand and then they want somebody that's approachable so they can understand. The blacks want somebody that they can approach who can understand where they're coming from and, and give them certain levels of tough love but understanding and guidance at the same time. So being able to connect with students and and understand where they're coming from and, and meet them with what they need, where they are, regardless of content area, I think is one of the strongest elements that a black man can bring to any school that he's in. Tristan, what do you what do you think will, uh, makes a black man a great teacher? Well, or what makes a black man a great teacher? Um piggybacking off of what Brother Gordon said, the the ability to connect, uh, the, re the relatability, and being able to understand exactly what perspective that they're coming from. I think with, with me personally, what, what I think the, the children resonate to is the fact that number one, I look like them, but number two, I'm actually from where they're from. Like when I was teaching at the black school, it was literally like two blocks where I grew up at. So I know all the same stuff that they've been through, all the stuff that they've done, I've done, I've already seen. So there's that that relatability factor there to where, okay, well, I see this brother's work. He, he came from where I come from. So I think he understands my struggle and he can kind of understand and relate what makes me tick and how to teach me. And then also, you know, with your character and how you carry yourself, you know, because when you're that ex when you're that black male and you're that example, that shows them exactly what they can aspire to be. So I think those are some of the uh, some of the key factors that would uh, that would help with you know a brother being a teacher last but not least first sergeant walter jones what okay. makes what makes a great what makes a black man a great teacher in the united states okay both of the brothers there they put out great and i'm gonna piggyback off them one i, I add on uh to that being a good listener okay mm. you gotta listen to the kids you gotta be a caring individual you gotta be a fair individual. And not only see all those there added on to competent. And yeah. I think that makes a solid teacher. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like your points, brothers. I like your points. Uh now this is the last question. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave the old head, uh, first sergeant Walter Jones, to be last. <laughs> so, 
brothers, what advice do you have to give to black men that are thinking about quitting their teacher profession or and the ones that are struggling to decide if they want to become a teacher? What advice you got uh, you got to give to the, the black brothers uh, that are thinking about, man, the, the, I ain't getting no women with the, this paycheck. <laughs> and, uh, and but they struggling on they. I'm not saying just an example. <laughs> just an example. But uh, they struggling on the fence. So I'm gonna start with uh, I'm gonna start with Thomas. It's interesting that you asked that question because I'm at a place where. 21 years in, I'm considering a career change. I, I had a friend of mine come to me with, with a, a job offer and a, a situation that that's pretty good and um, it's a totally different career field. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling right now. And I think my struggle with, with it is what my argument would be for other men, like our kids need us, like these babies need us. These communities need us, you know what I mean? Um, and then it, the, the flip side is I, I don't put my 2021 20, in. I need to make a little bit more paper. I need to be able to provide a better legacy for my seed, you know? So I'm trying to find a way to be a little selfish, but still be able to share my academic information and expertise with 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 the community I'm in wherever I'm in so um I think for me personally if if I end up going that route I'm going to open up a company or a LLC or a consulting business or something where I can still go in and kind of help schools navigate what they're doing because I understand these these kids um but it, you have to be able to sleep at night with whatever decisions you make and I got into the profession because I wasn't sleeping with what I was doing, you know what I mean? So um, being able to find an avenue for me to still be able to give back and still to a certain capacity, fill those voids um, is, is where I am right now. But we, we're needed and we have a generation of young men out here that are lost and they need some guidance and we if we want to accomplish the things we want to out of our community, black men in education are, are a must. Like it, it has to be, it just has to be. So your advice to them is to go with the, your heart, Thomas? Uh, try to find a, yeah, yeah. Wherever you are, and, and, and that's the struggle I'm with. I'm not gonna lie with you. Like it's, it's, it's a nice job, but at the same time, the fact that I'm even questioning it, it's like, can I can I find a place to compromise with my heart? So if I take this, like, how hard are you really going to go at getting this LLC together and being able to still, you know, if you can volunteer, like, how can you still follow that spirit of helping our young youth wherever you're going to end up living and still be able to do whatever this other career field is that that's the space i'm in if i can really answer that question for myself i'll be able to say yes i'll take this job no i won't if i can't answer it i'm in trouble like i'll be honest with you i'm in trouble 
Oh man, so we uh Thomas in limbo, so we're gonna <laughs> Thomas in limbo. Uh, hey NASA NASA want me though, so you know oh, uh, I mean NASA Right. It's one of those situations where I can take, you know, because I teach math. And so we always tell kids, you're not going to be graphing, but you're going to be using like this thought process for math it's about the thought process. And so I'm at a place where I can actually take all of these thought processes that I've been teaching and apply them to some very applicable real world science, technology, space stuff. And to me, that's cool. You know what I mean? So. If I can find a way to take some of that and be able to funnel it back into the schools and, 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 and maybe now that I have real world application for some of this stuff, maybe that'll be what my company deals with, helping students understand real world. Like I got to find a way to funnel it back. And if I can truly think of a way to funnel it back, then I'm gone and then I'll be able to kill two birds with one stone. I'll be able to make my money and still help our youth. All right, kids. Thomas basically said goodbye. Uh, <laughs> Christian, Christian. Uh, hey man, I'm man, I'm going back to corporate. I ain't studying it. Right. So uh, I'm just I'm just kidding. Well, Tristan, what advice you got with brothers there on the the fence of thinking about quitting the teacher profession or or thinking about going to their profession but struggling with that? What advice you got for them? Well, I would say first and foremost, pray about it. Um, that, w- that would be my, my first line of defense is uh, prayer. And then second, you know your tolerance level. Nobody's going to know that, but you you know your threshold. So it's one of those things where if you feel that it's time, then it may be time. But just keep in mind that there are some black students that will need you. Um, and I think that you can, if you decide to leave, there can be a balance because you can still do, you know, whatever field that you're in, but then also still do mentoring programs and different programs to help the youth as well. Because at one point I was doing that, even though I was an IT engineer at one point, I uh, I still did a lot of mentoring programs. I still did a lot of workshops. I still did a lot of after school programs. So yep. there was still that even balance there to where I could still do both. Um, but like I said, also keeping in mind that we do need to see more of our brothers in schools, you know, just so we can be that positive influence. So we can actually make teaching look cool as a profession, but then also giving the students an example of a, of a black professional male to look at, because a lot of our students, unfortunately, may not have fathers in the household. Yeah. So who else do they have to look up to other than the brother that they see in the classroom every single day? So they yeah. notice they notice different things. That's what I was talking about earlier in regards to your character and that relatability. The students need that because if they're stuck in a school with, you know, predominantly white teachers or what have you, or even predominantly female teachers, they're not getting that male influence that they may necessarily need for those life lessons for later on in life. Gotcha. Last but not least, the ROTC instructor. <laughs> <laughs> What advice you got to give for brothers on on the edge or brothers that are they're teaching but they just they just they about to give up. What advice you gotta give to them? Uh first sorry, Walter Jones. Okay, first I go with Tristan. He hit the nail on the head. Uh first we need to pray about this thing and seek guidance from above. 
Uh, also, you know, going back to uh, Thomas there, you know, uh, we're going to be faced with those uh, choices in life. Who's to say that, hey, look, you don't come up with something else, youth group, that he still can have that influence on our youth today. Mm-hmm. So uh, pray about it, uh, you know, and you just let spirit lead, guide, and direct you in your, in your path there. And then that way you wouldn't have any hard feeling. I agree with Tristan there. You're always going to have that need. But there, uh, Thomas, if he need to step out to provide something better for his family, uh, we should the kids should understand that. They should understand that, and he shouldn't even uh, uh, think uh, hard about it because uh, he's still going to run across some other profession in life that he's going to be instrumental uh, in some of our youth uh, life. So uh, I had that uh, decision. I had to make that decision after 20-plus in the uh, classroom, uh, and I made that decision to retire because of other reasons. But it's an individual thing that you have to pray about and make that choice. Well, brothers, I truly thank you for your time and effort and, and honest opinions on this show. And well, my closing remarks is that um, if y'all heard earlier, um, first, uh, uh, first Sergeant Walter Jones uh, Sr. is my father. And... I saw it firsthand the toll in the hours that teachers have to put in the work. And I'm going to tell this short, this short story. Um, my dad had to wake up three o'clock in the morning to drive from Madison, Alabama to make it to Chattanooga, Tennessee on time to teach. So I think I went, I went to Chattanooga twice because I, be honest with you, I found this girl. She was attractive, so I didn't want to go the second time. But <laughs> but the first time, um, I want to tag along with my dad. And I was a senior in high school, so I can you know these seniors you had more leeway uh, to 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 lead to be uh, to check out and stuff. So I went with my dad, saw him how he taught, how he operated, saw. Never first time being in a predominantly black school, saw what he go through a daily basis, man, dealing with them. And uh I fell asleep at his desk. And I remember to his day, he woke me up and he was like, Now you see what I go through. And uh I knew my dad loved me, but when I fell asleep at his desk. And woke up and see what this is what he go through on a daily basis to just to put food on the table. I was like, this man's going over and beyond. So not just my father. I'm just telling, saying that to say that these teachers go over and beyond people to make sure your kids get a get a chance at a better life at the, on the second level than maybe college or trade school or even the military route. So. Um, I want to salute y'all brothers for uh, what y'all do on a daily basis for the kids. Um, y'all only make 2% of the, uh, of the population teaching population. Hopefully we can increase that, but um, 
uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, encourage our, our brothers that are in the teacher profession profession to keep up the good work and and give them a pat on the back because they they do go through a lot and they do sacrifice a lot. Now, that before I end the show, I always say my favorite slogan: that is uh, knowledge is power. Now, economic freedom and salvation. But if you put the two together, we can build a great nation. This is Marcus Jones rebuke. And I'm, I am out. Mm-hmm.